right, well, welcome to Health Solutions, where Sean and Janet Needham talks healthcare. So we have Dr. Rodney Story on our show today, and he's going to be talking about his story. He's a direct primary care doctor in Moscow, Idaho, not far from us in Moses Lake, just a few hours. And he has a very exciting story of what really changed his practice and and, and medicine for him and his patients. And he, now he's touched thousands of lives because of it. So he started out about four years ago, I think it was, that you made a change. Yeah, we're in our fifth year. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, tell, tell us your story. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting that we have to be all the way at the Free Market Medical Association Conference, <laughs> all the way here in Texas to cross paths with Northwest natives. <laughs> right. uh, but it's fantastic to take the time to spend some time with you guys. Um, I'm a family doctor by training, and I love family medicine. I love spending time with patients and knowing them. I love taking care of generations. So not just uh, family members, but but multiple generations. And I love that family medicine can be a great starting spot and a great medical home for people to get care. I live in a, uh, however, in the American system that's becoming really fractured um, and very expensive. And, and I'm concerned about that. Um, I've actually been through the process myself, been a family physician for almost 20 years. Through that, been through a number of uh, different uh, uh, jobs as I've been trying to find not only the best place for me to practice medicine, but the best way to give care in a way that I knew was good care for people. So tell us what made you make the switch? So I'm, uh, let me give you a little bit of my background yeah. and then I'll, I'll kind of use that to explain how did I arrive at direct primary care. Um, I'm a family physician. I trained at the University of Washington in Seattle. Had some Ooh, go ahead. training, I knew. <laughs> uh, thankfully we now have multiple medical uh, 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 schools in the Northwest, including Washington State, and great to see them setting up campus in Spokane. Um, fantastic training program, went back to the Mayo Clinic and finished my training through them, and then went back to my hometown in northern Wisconsin to practice. Fantastic opportunity. Small town, uh, 5,000 people, ended up being the only doctor in town, but I had a group of doctors that I was sharing care with for hospital. Unfortunately, the climate really changed, and some of that was due to the success of my practice. I loved giving good, good care. I was well-trained, and that met a need in our community. But then as people came, the system overwhelmed my practice. And I just ended up with so many people that I got really quite uh, bogged down. Mm -hmm. um, tired at the end of the day, seeing 40 or 50 people, always on call, um, and never really able to kind of find a balance where I could be healthy and continue to sustain that practice. Sadly, I had to leave that practice after four years, made a change and said, what can I pick up, pick up to this that, that will reserve or preserve my life and my sanity? And use that as an opportunity to move up to the Northwest. So my wife and I and our children moved to Moscow, Idaho. I've been a hospital physician for the last nine years. Through that practice, uh, loved being able to care for people that were sick in the hospital in a small town environment, really unique to make high quality care and meet that to a small town. Our little town went through some strange changes. We had a, a local surgeon that began doing transgender care uh, on a surgical, and I, and, I, and I was like, what? Why can't we just focus on just the very excellent good care? Why do we have to bring this very divisive type of care to our community? It led to me needing to leave, and I left, and as I was leaving, I was like, oh, where do I go from here? I'm highly qualified to go anywhere. I'm board certified in family medicine, heavily trained in internal medicine, board certified in, in um, hospice and palliative medicine, um, board certified and fellowship recognized in hospi hospital medicine. Uh, I could go anywhere, but I want to stay here. I love this community. I love this small town of Moscow, Idaho. And I have a community of people who I know now who are saying, we can't get care. We have medical insurance, but we cannot find doctors who stay. 
The cost of our care is ridiculously expensive. We can't get a hold of our doctor after hours. We have to go to the emergency room all the time. When we do go to the, the clinic, we can't follow up in a meaningful time. We can't get a hold of our doctor. And I, and I was having people beg me, hey, you're leaving hospital medicine. Why don't you just go be a family doctor again? Family medicine is a mess. In the 10 years that I had been out of hospital or family medicine, um, the government had made things almost unbearable to be a family doctor. They had brought in all these quality metrics that were, they required family doctors to do to the point that family docs are now spending 50% of their professional time not taking care of patients. Well, that's, that's not sustainable, it's not enjoyable. No doctor goes into medicine to be a, a checkbox uh, uh, administrator. They want to give patient care. And I knew as I was considering going back into family medicine, there's no way in the world that I would ever do this again. How can I find another opportunity? Well, thankfully, there's a movement called direct primary care, which is growing. And we looked at it and we said, I think we can do this. Have you guys encountered direct primary care much? A lot. We yeah. have. In fact, I think that that is um, kind of the savior to many communities, especially mm. in the last couple of years, because the clinic doors are closed mostly, and it's a waiting of hours to receive service. And just like you explained, or days, or days, and, days, yeah. and just like you explained, the access is less, the quality is less. And people really want to get to know who their doctor is. And I, I love that small town um, mentality of Moscow because you get to know your community members, you get to know the families, you get to know the generations. And really, people are really starving for that. They want to know who their doctor Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Well, I'm a, direct, I'm a family physician by training. I've been given an amazing education. The ability to take care of people and for emergencies, the ability to really guide people thoughtfully uh, to the best care, but also to do a tremendous amount of care within our clinic. And that's a, that's a disappearing model because the, the insurance industry is really fracturing care by the requirements that they've put on, on family physicians. I just did not want to go back to that. When we opened our direct primary care office in Moscow, Idaho in January of 2018, what we discovered is that there is this huge groundswell need of, of, of unmet care within our community. People who primarily who were saying, I just need a doctor who's gonna spend time with me. What an amazing concept that, that one of the aspects that's most missing in medicine right now is the quality of time. And we think that that's the, probably the most important thing that direct primary care brings back to the equation is time with your physician. Because we believe that it takes time for a doctor to hear you and hear you well. It takes time for a doctor to spend time examining you thoughtfully. How, when's the last time that you were actually touched by your doctor in a, in, a, in a way that was actually thoughtful to what he was doing? It takes time for a doctor to explain why he's thinking what he's doing and why he is making recommendations. It takes time for a doctor to educate you so you understand and you can take this forward in a way that is much more meaningful. Direct primary care offices like ours often kind of blow the model that has really become very condensed where people are spending, what, five minutes with their doctor before they're ushered out into the next uh, person or the next waiting room and they've been waiting hours for that appointment and sometimes weeks for the scheduling. We get most of our patients in within a day of their call. We get most of our patients in for a 30-minute appointment and if we need more time, we'll often bring them back the next day or the next day after that until we get this care thoughtful and, and addressed in a way that, that is actually getting on top of it. Because care continues to kind of happen. And, and, and the other thing that's really broken down by direct primary care 
is that uh, the care doesn't end when that visit ends. So a lot of times the conversation continues by email, by text, uh, and, and it's these conversations that are so important as to, hey, you started me on this medicine, but I'm having this side effect, or uh, was this something I, would should, I didn't think to ask, but now I'm, I'm recognizing it's important for me to ask. The conversation and the walls of our medical cl clinic have really just blown open to be this relationship. I love it. So tell us a story, probably, you know, the, the, the biggest story that you can tell us as far as biggest cost savings or mm. time savings. I know you have a multitude of them, but what's the one that comes to mind first where you saved a patient at ER visit and possibly thousands of dollars and a multitude of time? time. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a couple of conversations that come to mind, but let me think of a, a, or express a family that we care for who now we care for them as a business because they realize what, what excellent care we were able to give and how this direct primary care model returns us to kind of this island of sanity in a, in a, in a sea of medical craziness, uh, where it's very expensive and just fractured. We have this family that has a, uh, a health issue, it's a genetic issue that runs through their family, and it creates this problem where their spleen gets large, they develop uh, uh, anemias as they grow their kids, they get these problems that are related to their gallbladder. They came to us just bouncing from doctor to doctor to doctor, and no one having the time to actually sit down and, and explain why is it that they're going through this. Secondly, the, they were frustrated because they were never quite getting to where they needed to go. And, 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 and no physician that was actually taking the time to explore this unique genetic issue that they knew was in their family, and yet had some practical, real, ongoing issues that needed to have regular labs, needed to have regular visits, and then ultimately needed to find their way to, a, to the right specialist, not just any specialist who happened to be in network, but the right specialist. I took the time. Isn't that amazing? Time. Think about that. How, when is the last time you had time with your physician? But we had time to visit with them and hear them fully and hear the conversation. And then I had time to say, well, I haven't specifically cared for this uh, genetic issue, but I'm going to spend some time getting to know it so well that I'll be your local expert for it. Through that, we then began to, to and, they, and they had fabulous insurance, well at least fabulous, let's use those words, <laughs> yeah, insurance right. that would cover everything after you went through this crazy system of prior authorizations and denials and, and uh, network referrals before you actually got to go to somebody. I took the time to actually uh, call around our Northwest and to identify the physician that would be best for them, not just any physician, not just any specialist, but the one that had actually cared for this condition and could guide them well through the process and get them the latest data. And thankfully, as a family physician who's been trained in the, in the, in the region that I work, I know these connections and I actually have the time to develop them. So I picked up the phone for that specialist at Children's Hospital in Seattle and I spent time with that physician on, on the time. I have time to do that because of our model. Our model, again, lowers the total number of patients. We don't have this huge amount of red tape and this requirement to push a lot of people through our practice. Instead, I can care well for a smaller, smaller number of people. That's awesome. What through that, we got those kids the care they needed. They got their spleen removed. They got the gallbladder surgery that they needed. They now no longer have anemias. I coach that kid in uh, lacrosse and get to have him raise alongside my wow. sons. Um, I know the entire family, and now we get to care for their business because of the uh, freedom that we now have to give that care. Wow, that's, that's definitely life-changing. It has been. Yeah. But, but, but they were in this frustrated spot where they had what they thought was good coverage, 
where they had access to all sorts of care, but no one to really actually take the time to walk them through it. They're mind blown because they realized for what they pay for us, which is $89 for their individual membership, they pay an extra $89 for the second person, they pay $35 for the kids. Their family is a family of six and they, I think they spend about $245 a month for their care with our clinic. Wow. There's no extra cost for their care. They pay labs through us at cost, which is 90% less than they would pay across the street at the hospital. 90% less, which makes those labs actually affordable and thoughtful. Yeah. They have the insurance, but most often what they say is, really, 50 bucks for those labs? I'll just write a check right now. Right. Um, I'd rather you just bill me. And then they, uh, they now have taken their business, and he's a, a very successful businessman in our area, and has said, hey, we want to take this care because we know it's not just good care, not just cost-thoughtful care, but it's actually changing how we are able to provide benefits to our, to our employees. That's powerful. It is powerful. And it's one of the reasons we're at the Free Market Medical Association, is to begin this network of people stepping out and creating this whole alternate medical approach that says, it's not a bad thing for people to own their business, for particularly medical professionals to own the business, to be focused on excellence, which is driven by a free market approach. Not only excellence, but cost effectiveness, cost thoughtfulness. Physician, and you guys probably do this in your business. You don't do things that are a waste of time. You don't do things that are gonna, that are gonna be a, a silly use of money because there's no bureaucratic aspect of it. You make the decisions that you know are best for the people that you care for. We apply that same thing to our business model where we are very thoughtful about the care that we give. So what has been your most, I know we're only halfway into the first day of the Free Market Medical Association conference, what's been your uh, biggest takeaway so far? Uh, biggest takeaway is that there are a lot of people thinking about the same things we are thinking about, that are recognizing that the system is really a mess, that are realizing that there's just gobs of money being spent in the American healthcare system, that is just being spent in a way that is, is really on bureaucratics. Uh, and not on physicians, not on pharmacists, not on the people that are actually doing the work. And it's making it really challenging to walk patients, if you're a patient, through this system. What we're hearing is that, that there are employers, excuse me, employers, uh, and that's who we're hearing from locally. Employers are saying, this is unsustainable, the amount of money that we're spending on insurance. We need to find an alternative, help us. We see the care that you're doing. Is there anything that we can marry that with that will help us not only cover the big things, but keep this thoughtful and keep it local. I mean, local has been a, a huge move through COVID as we realized, man, again, depend on, on the big cities to provide the things we need. We need to do it local. Uh, we also recognize that local is, is people that you are directly dealing with on a relationship, not just that you might see a business, but you might see on the lacrosse or soccer field, that you might see in church, that you might see on the city street. People who are also bringing their skills and talents and finances local, which is really a, a, a way of blessing and benefiting everybody that's in your circle. Wow, that's a big, that's a, a huge story. I love your story. So what do you, I, I think it's kind of obvious, but what do you have a passion for? <laughs> we have a passion to be able to use the skills and talents that God has given us in a way that blesses others. And, and frankly, I, I recognize that's much bigger than just being a doctor. I'm a, I'm a family man, I've got a large family, I'm a husband, I'm a, a, a father to kids that are in our local school. Um, I, I want to see that the, the skills and talents I have are, 
are unencumbered in such a way that I can give them honestly and faithfully and thoughtfully and recognize that I'm part of a community that's wanting to do that alongside me. When we do that well, when we're working as businesses to bless each other, when we're, when we're not having to spend hours uh, trying, to, trying to figure out how to please the government or how to even just get paid, I mean, simply how to just get paid for the honest work that we're doing, it is amazingly freeing. And it's, it, it's an important aspect that we as Americans really need to lean into. Freedom to practice our skills and talents and our religion to do it well in a way that blesses each other. So if uh, anybody wants to find out more about your practice, what's the best way to, to do that? There's a couple different ways to learn about direct primary care. Honestly, just Google it. I tell you to reach out to the Direct Primary Care Alliance, which is a, a growing national association that shows people what we do. We work with a company called Hint.com uh, that is an excellent uh, and enabling system out of San Francisco that is working with many direct primary care clinics to help us not only uh, uh, enroll members and serve them well, um, but to deal with it in a very transparent financial arrangement uh, in a way that is a blessing and to network. And so there's a growing network of us. But really, direct primary care is, is at its best a very local enterprise. And so begin looking out for direct primary care. You can find a map on direct primary care frontier or DPC frontier. They have a finder map, uh, which is a great way to kind of find a DPC near you. Janet, what's your final question for Dr. Story? Put him on the spot. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I think he's already shared a lot, but what is um, the biggest blessing for your family mm. when you change the model of practicing from the hospitalist to being a DPC doctor. One of my one of my biggest challenges of being a family physician was I would I was rarely home. I, my life was all about being a doctor, and that was an unbalanced and unsustainable way of living. I was looking at retiring early because, frankly, I was like many physicians, burning out and saying I can't keep doing this. As a DPC doctor, I am enjoying medicine, and I get to own the fruits of that labor. Uh, and that is an amazing conjunction. I also um, am there in the morning with my children. I'm there for dinner every evening. Um, I'm on call, but it's a joy to be on call, which is pretty amazing to think about doctors who actually love what they get to do. Uh, really, this is about returning to something that's sustainable and enjoyable. And I see myself doing this as long as uh, God allows. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, Dr. Story, thank you for your time today. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Uh -huh.